I never try and put a limit or a box on how a song should sound or what it should say or if we get on a feeling or a vibe or even a, a word or a phrase. I'm like, okay, like, how should this, how should it sound? Um, so I kind of let the song or the idea dictate that. It's not even really boiled down to what I do as an artist. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. We are back between the grooves. James hey, Curtis. Hey. Aisha Woods is here, and how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I was off for a little bit uh, on vacation a week or so ago, and I'm still getting caught up. You know, I can be away for one or two days, and I just get this mountain of work when I get back. Right. And I'm sure that's for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the emails pile up, the voicemails, usually just the emails, and it's not the emails you can just fluff off and get rid of. It's like you have to deal with them. So they sit in my inbox until I've dealt with them. And (laughs) if there's one thing that drives me nuts is unread emails. And that's, that's I'm still like that right now. So I'm still getting to all the emails. If you've emailed me and you're waiting for an answer, I apologize. I'm getting to it as quickly as I can. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what? A a friend of mine showed me just last week how to uh, go in and delete unwanted mail, like bulk style. Sure. Because I kid you not, I have about four email addresses on my phone. And when I turn it on, it shows how many emails I have. Right. Total. Yeah. It's like 30,000 emails. And I'm like. (laughs) Well, you better get to it. <laughs> it's crazy. So you had a little time off. You were given the retiree lifestyle uh, tryout, a dry run. Well, I'm many years away from that. Let's qualify that. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I was off, it was I had no specific plan. So uh, our plans yeah. earlier this year to celebrate my 25th wedding anniversary. I had mentioned this to you. Uh, we were planning to get away and had this big vacation planned. Yes. It got canceled for various reasons, and you know now the prices have skyrocketed and I was just unwilling to pay more money for the same vacation. So I hear you. So we're pushing it off till next year. So I had a week off a week or so ago and it was it was a staycation and this time like normally I have a list of things I want to get accomplished. And this time yeah. I decided I don't want to have this list hanging over me. Like there's a few things I'd like to do, but I didn't make any specific plans to go places, any overnights even if it was local. My wife was still working, my son was working full time, my daughter was working a few days at the grocery store and she's saving up for a year or two of university. Mm. So no specific plans. And at the end of the week off, what went through my mind was this is what it must be like to be retired, right? Because you have no specific (laughs) plans. I think we had a lunch date one day and we had some small things, but most of the stuff was, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it or we'll decide the day of. And that's kind of the way it was. And it kind of thought, well, this must be what retirement is like, right? Right. So I don't want to be... I don't want to be thinking that far in advance because that's many years away, but it was, in that sense, it was a little interesting. So it's a disappointment in one sense because I would have loved to get away. 
away somewhere. Yeah. Because when you don't get away somewhere, you've got all your regular chores, you've got your dishes, mm-hmm. you've got your laundry and everything else. <laughs> and when you get away, you kind of, you're on vacation mode more, right? Yes. You're not yes. worried about you stuff like that. You literally get away from it. Right, yeah. right. And so I didn't mm-hmm. get away from that, but I did get into the whole mode of sleep in. Tell me what your sleep in time was, because you do in the morning show, like you're up at what, about four? No, I'm up at usually two. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, that's, Which is, that's bedtime for a lot of people. I know, I know. <laughs> so I'm normally up at two. And my reasoning behind that is because morning is my time. So I'm not necessarily yes. at work at two. I'm up at two. I'm at work by about quarter to five at the radio Ooh. station. But I'm eating breakfast, grabbing a shower, brushing my teeth. And then kind yes. of, it's kind of my social media time too. It's my quiet time, but also time to get caught up. What did I miss from the night before? I go to bed yes. early. You know, I go to bed at seven o'clock at night. Okay. So while I was off, it was going to bed maybe 10 or 1030 because that's the time my wife goes to bed and then getting Mm -hmm. up at like, I don't know, eight o'clock, 830 maybe. Like that's, that's sleeping in for me, even on a weekend. Wow. Okay. And then sometimes (laughs) I have these aspirations where I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in even later than that. It just doesn't work for me because I'm so used to being up early anyways. And then I feel Mm -hmm. the day is wasted if I get up later. It's like, oh, what? By the time I eat breakfast, it's like, it's that time already. Like I've just wasted three hours, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So that was kind of my, that was my time. And now it's, you know, for the last week or so, it's been back to reality, getting caught up a little bit and getting into the regular groove of things. And between the grooves, you hear what I did there? Between the grooves. That was unintentional, but it worked. It so. totally worked. I'm here trying to figure out. I'm, I'm bad about this. I'm getting better, but being procrastinating a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to get everything for school um, ready. School goes back in for our crew next yeah, week. Right. So yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there's around with that stuff. It's never ending because you know that even when you get caught up and you get to the point where you're ready for them to go back, two weeks into it, you're still dealing with stuff, right? Now it's the oh, sure we got to sign this form or you got to pay for this or you got to do that and I'm kind of glad I'm I'm beyond that a little bit now one child is not going back to school the other is in university but she's you know it's all her right it's you take Mm -hmm. care of it you Mm -hmm. if you need my help I'm there but I don't have to sign forms she's old enough to do all that stuff so it's it's (laughs) nice when they get to that age that's what I was gonna say that's what I was just getting ready to say must be nice I think that's my um, my phrase for the day must be nice must be nice There you go. Well, I'll tell you what was nice, though, in the last few weeks is, you know, summer music festivals are kind of wrapping up now uh, with Mm -hmm. parts of North America going back to school and other parts sometime after Labor Day. But everybody's in that mode now of the summer wrapping up, which is a really disappointment for me because I love summer. But it has been a great experience. The fact that music festivals have been back because they haven't been around Mm -hmm. for a couple of years. So I had the opportunity recently to be at Kingdom Bound. And the highlight for me at Kingdom Bound is mingling with a lot of the artists and having conversations with them. And I bring all my audio gear with me. And if I can get an interview and I use that in special quotes, of course, because, again, they're not interviews, they're conversations. And so I had the chance to chat with a few of them. Now, the one guy that we're going to be featuring on today's episode of Between the Grooves is a guy that you have worked with and shared the stage with, Colton Dixon. Yeah, such a good guy. He's He's just incredibly talented. 
and just gifted all around. I enjoy being able to sit in on his set and him on the piano and just He's a really, really solid guy. He's very talented. And the one thing the one thing I'll say about him, and you may hear this in the conversation I have with him, I thought for sure we had him on Between the Grooves previously, like way back in the beginning. And I was talking to somebody here in the office and they said, no, I don't think he's ever been. And so I did some searching in our records and I don't think he's been on Between the Grooves. And yet I remember having some sort of conversation with him at some point, but I guess it, it stretches back further. Yeah, so deja vu, or maybe maybe I dreamt about it. I don't know. And that conversation we had a number of years ago was a great conversation. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I just don't remember. But a great guy, really down to earth, and he's very talented. He really is talented. Yeah. And so in just a bit, we'll hear from him talk a little bit about the pandemic, what family life has been like for him, and talk about some of his he's music. He's got twins now. Yeah, yeah, he's got twins, uh, busy family life. And that's what we're going to talk about with Colton Dixon on Between the Grooves. It's episode 234, on location, on the road, on Between the Grooves. Yeah, let them, let them live a little bit of life first yeah. before they come back again. That's yeah. smart. Yeah, I love that. So for you, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this question with regards to the pandemic. That kind of sucked. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best time. Um, what did but, you do? Uh, I was home, like pretty much everyone else. Um, but, um, you know, it actually turned out to be a huge blessing in disguise for my wife and I um, because my wife was pregnant during 2020. Right. Yeah. We, um, we welcomed twin girls into the world in August of 2020. Um so huge blessing in disguise that I was able to be home um, yeah. because I would have been touring and on the road and and um, wouldn't have had as much time with her um, that beforehand. time of year too, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah we would have been we would have been doing this. Yeah. Um, at, in festival season. So um, huge blessing for us and and um, so thankful that I got to be home for that time and even the first several months of the girls' lives was just so precious. So they're a year old. Yeah, they'll be two here in a couple weeks. It's wild. So what is it like for them? Because that's a transition. They're used to dad being home. And I now know. all of a sudden, where's dad all the time? Where does I, he go? I know. What was kind of perfect is the the rest of 2020, I was home pretty much the whole time. And then beginning of 2021, I actually went out with Skillet on a drive-in tour. Yeah. So they've already gotten used to dad being kind of in and out a little bit. Um, but man, it's still... Um, I pray a lot harder about the shows that I do versus the ones I don't do. And, and I've learned that um, when I say yes to a show, I'm ultimately saying no to being at home with my family. And, right. And um, it sounds kind of harsh, but it's just the truth. And, and so, um, yeah, my wife and I really uh, try and really think about the shows that I do, the tours that I take, and make sure it's the right thing. Because if it's not right, then it's, it's just not worth it. I'd rather be home with them. So. Um, but I'm thankful that they are at least used to dad coming in and out. And um, they, my wife always makes it a point to celebrate like, hey, like dad's going to work. That's awesome. Like, let's celebrate right. that. And which has been a huge help even just on me <laughs> mentally, emotionally. So I'm thankful for that. To put things in perspective, when my son was born, um, I was not working in radio. I was working in the business world, uh, working in Toronto, but I had just... Uh, signed a multi-million dollar contract in Montreal, Quebec. Wow. And it meant I had to fly back and forth all the time. Sure. And I didn't. it didn't really dawn on me how difficult life was for my wife. Yeah. Man. Because I'm just, I'm just trying to make money for the family. I'm trying to, you know, pay the bills and stuff, but not realizing that me physically not being present is a big deal. Man, they are superheroes. Yeah. Um, yeah. My wife has um, got her parents, which help out a ton, which is a huge blessing. But still, I... 
even just you know adjusting to kind of doing what I want to do out on the road. You know, yeah. if we feel like going to see a movie, we'll go see a movie or whatever. But at home with the kids, it's all hands on deck, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, you you, you kind of die to yourself, and and you're now like your kids' needs come before your own. So, but getting back and having that readjustment period, I'm like, man, I'm amazed at the amount of patience and grace that you have. It's it inspires the heck out of me. Um, but she is, yeah, superhero, Wonder Woman in my book. So my kids are older now. Yeah, uh, my daughter is 18. My son is 21, and now they're at the age where, uh, who cares? Sure. Not for me, but for them. Like they could care less to spend time with me. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, I can remember when my son was very, very young, and you know something really exciting for him was to watch me shave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so now, you know, as a joke, you know, my son's 21 years old, and I'm I'm going to go and shave, and then I say to my son, Hey, I'm going to go shave. You want to watch? <laughs> and he just kind of looks at me and kind of glares at me. It's just like, like really? Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, doesn't mean the same thing now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And so, and you know, if I'm going out somewhere, so you know, a simple little thing. Uh, one of my weekend routines is just to fill up the, you know, my wife's car and my my car with gas, so yeah. we're set for the for the week. And it's just one of these mundane tasks that I really don't like to do, but I have to do. Sure. Yeah. Would anybody like to come with me? Nope. Yep. No. Nope. You know, they don't want to spend time with me. They'd rather be gaming or hanging out with their friends or sure. eating or whatever else, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So you got to cherish those moments when they actually want you. Cherish the moments when you walk in the front door and they're running towards you because that. Won't that is a very there. short amount of time, you know? I know that day's coming. I hope it's um, prolonged and way in the distant future. But, yeah, um, we're uh, taking each day as it comes and, and uh, soaking in as much as we can. Yeah. So back to pandemic realities, um, that put a big dent in touring, obviously. Yes, it did. Uh, what happened with you? Is you were able to spend the time at home, but what did you do to pay the bills? Man, that's a great question. Um I had a season before COVID um, where it kind of felt like I lost my job, um, got dropped by my record label and, and didn't know what the future looked like. Um, but I kind of learned in that season um, that God really is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not our job title or what we do for a living or even um, the comfortability of um, whatever it is. Um, if if you believe it, it's like, all right, God's the source and he'll make a way and I just need to continue doing what I know to do and be led by spirit. And, and so that's what we try to do. And, um, not a lot made sense during that season for a lot of people. It's like, I, you know, um, it was very clear to me that, um, COVID and the pandemic was not of God because his plans are to prosper us and to give us hope in a future. And that was the opposite of that. So I'm like, okay, well, I know where it comes from. It's like, but where. We, we were like anxiously like looking. It's like, okay, where's the God counter- counterpart in all this? Like, how is this going to turn around for our good? And um, man, it was just kind of wild. Checks would show up in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, whether radio stations across the country um, all at once decided, hey, we're going to play some old Colton Dixon music, you know, right. um, or whatever. It just, it kind of blew our minds. It's like, wow. Um, awesome. I've never had a royalty check for this amount of money in my entire career, but Thank you, God. I, this is so obvious where this comes from. Um, I don't know that I necessarily agree that um, obviously it wasn't God created, mm. but I think God used it for his purpose. I think for some people, you know, technology wise and stuff, I think it pushed people uh, into a direction that either they uh, were scared to do on their own, mm. but now forced to, um, whether it be, you know, 
having a home-based business where they were scared to start their own business. Sure. But maybe they they had no choice now to do what they actually loved, what their passion was. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. It was an opportunity for a lot of people, but I think the Bible boils down life into two categories. There's steal, kill, and destroy, and mm-hmm. there's life and life more abundant. And when you look at the pandemic um, and COVID and political agendas and, and all these things. What? There was that? Uh, yeah. yeah. By the way, just in case you were living under a rock, um, it's it's very clear to me um, what category those were in. Right. Um, I absolutely think that he turns that which is meant for evil and turns right. it for our good. Right. Um, honestly, as I've gotten older, um, I've realized how much life is actually about perspective and even our, our spiritual walk with God, right? Mm-hmm. He's always wanting to take us higher so we get a more of a bird's eye view of what's really going on and and so I always just try and lean into that. I'm like, all right, God, like um, a song that I wrote in the pandemic was called Made to Fly. And it's about exactly that. It's like, all right, take me above all of this chaos ridiculousness right now so I can see what this bigger picture is. And, and that's where we were made to be. We were made to live in that space. So, yeah, crazy season. But um, I think a lot of people took that by the horns and they grew from it, which is amazing. Made to Fly wasn't really a typical Colton Dixon song. Yeah, agreed. Um you know, I, I got into the studio with um, some friends of mine, and, and um, you know, I, I never try and, and put a, um, a limit or a box on how a song should sound or what it should say, or um, if, if we get on a, a feeling or a vibe or even a, a, a word or a phrase, I'm like, okay, like, how should this, how should it sound? Mm-hmm. How should this lyric be delivered? Um, so I kind of let the song or the idea dictate that. It's not even really boiled down to what I do as an artist. That's kind of why my songs are all over the place, honestly. You see us play live. We'll have piano ballads. We'll have hard rock songs. We'll have stuff with an urban edge to it. It's just kind of all over the place. But I love that because I'm like, okay, how best can we say this and deliver this message? And and that's kind of how Made to Fly came about. It's like, how can we make this feel as free and as soaring, um, yet with still some conviction and maybe some... um, I want to. I want people to to grow as well. I want them to understand this concept. So, um, I think uh, I think we at least got in the ballpark with that. Sure. So, yeah. Speaking of musical styles, um, I, I appreciate what you said about all these different styles and different. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call it necessarily genres, but the way the song is performed or recorded or whatever else. Uh, there's a big band out there. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of them. They're called U2. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard them a couple times. And I I really don't like them. Really? And the reason why is because every, in my opinion, every single song sounds the same. It's got the same kind of rhythm to it, the same little licks and, and whatnot. And so... Similar. Put them to something like Queen, yep. where every song sounds every different. Every different, yeah, I would rather sure. have every song sounds different. So a Colton Dixon on the stage with every song sounding different is better than Colton Dixon and all the songs kind of blend into each other, you know? I will agree with with my my own career song choices, but I will have to agree to disagree on the YouTube. Okay. Well, <laughs> on the YouTube side. <laughs> but don't you don't you think they all sound the same though? There's they definitely have a similar They're good thread. Songs. Great songs, yeah. but they absolutely it's almost like they they know what their palette is and sure. and they take that same palette and apply it to all of their songs. And I suppose if you I'm love you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you love you too, that's fine. I just find that it's very like let's put it this way. If Made to Fly were playing against Build a Boat or some of your older songs, sure. I'd have to second guess. Oh, that's right. That's Colton Dixon. Sure. You yeah. too plays like that's you too. It's definitely you too. Hundred yeah. percent. I I do think there are pros to that as well because people hear a song and they automatically know 
that's who this is. Sure. So for me, what can be kind of tricky, especially on radio, because you don't always get the, hey, this is Colton Dixon or whatever. Right. Um, somebody might know it's my song. People all the time come up to me after shows and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know you sang this song. No, I didn't but know you did this song. You just tell them it's a cover. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> hilarious. I'm going to have to adopt that. That's good. So tell me about Build a Boat. Have you ever built one? Yes. Um, did you really? I, uh, I have, um, okay. out of Legos. Oh, I've built two out of Legos. Okay. Um, no, I've not actually built a real boat. I just interviewed a guy who built a ship wow. um, for an organization called Mercy Ships. Yep. Um, which it think cruise ship, but um, they retrofit it to be hospitals yeah. and operating rooms, and they take that to third world countries for for kids and for people who would never experience that kind of um, um, treatments. And, um, and the people on those ships are. Missionaries, basically. They're missionaries, yep. I, I believe they're donating their time. It's yeah. like um, they're there to be, yeah, um, they're giving back for sure. And um, they heard the song Build a Boat and were like, man, can we can we do something here? And we were all, all about it. So nice. we just did something a couple weeks ago with them. Really excited about that. But, um, man, Build a Boat doesn't take a genius to, to know that Build a Boat was inspired by the story of Noah. But um, what I love about this story and what I think Hollywood and the media gets wrong is they say that there is this big struggle or this big back and forth between Noah and God, and it's just not the way it was. The Bible says that God asked Noah to build an ark, and Noah was obedient, mm-hmm. period. That's it. And I just thought that was so beautiful and um, also so challenging for me and my own faith, thinking, wow, like when God asked me to do something really big, like in the natural makes zero sense, what is my response going to be? I want to be known as someone like Noah whose response is yes. You know, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think faith looks really crazy sometimes in the moment. Um, I think that's why it's called supernatural sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's also a reward waiting on the other side of that crazy faith. I don't think God's just asking you to do something just because he feels like it. I think he's wanting to get something to you. Like your faith is what unlocks his ability to say, okay, cool, awesome. You came with faith. That's the only thing that pleases me. Boom, here you go. I've been waiting on you. Um, so I want to do more and more and more of that. So the song is basically just a declaration. Like God, whatever it looks like, even if it looks like the most impossible circumstances, I'm going to build a boat in a desert because you promised rain. So let's do it. So having said that, yeah. are you building anything right now in faith or is that still coming? Yeah, honestly, it, it was kind of a season, that season of me not having a label mm-hmm. and trusting that God knew what he was doing, um, still feeling the call of music on my life, but not, again, not knowing what the atmosphere around me looked like. Um took faith it just did and and that may sound so easy it's like well yeah but you were already far along whatever it's like i basically lost my job you know so it was scary so when you're with a label just clarification for people that don't know this when you're with a label it's like it's like having a business card and getting a regular paycheck Kind of, yeah. It's like, like... Like I'm trying to put this in the perspective of people that go and work a nine-to-five job. Obviously, you know, an artist, a performer, a singer, worshiper uh, doesn't have a specific job description or specific hours, totally. right? Because you're yeah. working weekends and there's a lot of downtime or what people perceive downtime, but you're actually writing or recording or whatever else. But yeah. at the end of the day, you've got regular income versus you're on your own now, buddy. Sure. It, 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 can, it can seem like that for sure. I think the biggest... 
One of the biggest things that a label does is they're basically like a bank for musicians. They'll, yeah. they'll give you loans for albums and loans for music videos and all these things um, that, yes, you might recoup in the end, but they also have relationships with radio and with um, streaming and, you know, you name it. Like, it's a network of people who are fighting on your behalf, right? right. Um, and so when that goes away, you feel all alone. Even though you might not be, it feels that way. So all that to say... It was a very scary time, right? Um, but we had to trust that God knew what he was doing, so we had to step out anyway. Um, and this was just a year and a half before COVID started. So I started writing these songs out of that place, trusting that God was going to do with these songs what he needed to. And those songs came out right as the pandemic was hitting in April of 2020. And um, out of that scary place in my life went into all these other people who are experiencing a very similar place in their lives, losing their jobs or losing their livelihood or having, having to stay home and, you know, whatever else it was. So I was so thankful for the timing of God. Um, still didn't mean it was a lot of fun in the, in the process, but I'm so glad that we decided to do it anyway. I was having a conversation, again, not, not to name drop or anything like that, but I was having a conversation with uh, Ben Fuller, yeah. I guess a week or two ago. Love that dude. Yeah. Talk about a genuine, oh, you know, man. tell it like it is type yep. guy. And uh, one of the things I mentioned to him is that I was in radio years ago. This was before there was Christian radio in Canada. You couldn't actually have a Christian radio station 25, 30 years ago. Sure. Um, and it wasn't anything against Christianity. It was just you couldn't have any religious type full-time radio station. Sure. So I was living in that era where I was working at a secular radio station, having fun but not making any money. Finally quit because I couldn't Sounds afford familiar. it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I quit, and then I just basically, I mean, I had jobs that were decent jobs, but I hated my jobs. Sure. And I did that for 20 years. I was in this season for 20 years of doing something that I just hated and wow. didn't want to do. And, uh, you know, long story short, my wife, we, we got married and everything else. She knew I wasn't happy, and she suggested, well, why don't you set up a little recording studio at home? I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's cool. And so... Most Christians get an income tax return. You get some money back sure. that you paid and stuff because of charitable donations and whatnot. Yeah. So I convinced my wife, surprisingly, I convinced my wife to use our income tax return to buy some equipment. Amazing. Cha-ching. Yeah. So set up this uh, studio. Um, my goal was really just to record my daughter singing. She's got a really good voice. And uh -huh. I never did do that. <laughs> a week before the last piece of equipment showed up, there was something being shipped up from Florida. I got a request to do some voiceover work for a TV show sure. out in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah. And then it started. And then my wife says, well, if you're doing that, why don't you send off you know, your information to some Christian radio stations and see if they'll let you record some voiceover Sounds stuff. Sounds like a smart lady. Yep. And so she... So I did that, and one of them came back and said, oh, are you planning to move to our city and work out at our radio station? And I'm thinking, I never really thought of that. Yeah. And then I sent off the same, I sent off my, you know what a demo tape, obviously, of you're course, in music. Yeah. So radio people have a demo tape as well. So I yeah. sent my 20-year-old demo tape to Joy Radio in Toronto. Yeah. Never heard back. Yeah. About a month later, I thought, well, I better follow up. And I followed up with the program director. And he said, oh, didn't you get my email back? I said, no. He says, oh, I, we were having some email problems that day. We're actually looking for somebody. Wow. And I started doing some, um, you know, I was their swing announcer for a few years, then ultimately yeah. became the morning show guy. So it's amazing. Talking about seasons, talking about faith, talking about, yeah. you know, you're in, in, in the worst period of your life or what you think is the worst period of life. And yet God is preparing you for this bigger thing. I read like a, building a boat. Exactly. I read a, I read a sign um, at a beach, actually. I need to turn it into a country song. 
but it says uh, when you're down to nothing, God's up to something. Yeah. So God's always working something together behind the scenes. Um, but I think it requires us stepping out of our own way or stepping out um, in faith to see what it is. Whether or, it's, or your wife's faith. Or that's true. <laughs> in my case. <laughs> hey, two become one flesh, baby. That's yeah, you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thankful for that every single day. Um, but yeah, like Peter never would have experienced walking on water if he wouldn't have stepped out of the boat. Right. You know? um, so yeah, I think it's really important. I know you got to go. Thanks for your time. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed it too. Um, I never know. I was driving here with my equipment just seconds before and setting it up thinking, I wonder what we're going to talk about. Oh man. And that's what it's like every time. That's beautiful though. That's what I want. Yeah. That's perfect. I love that. Well, thank you. That was awesome. I'm so glad that I had the chance to hear his voice again. I'm looking forward to maybe sitting in on another one of his sets in the near future. But if you want to uh, check out more about Colton and his whereabouts, where he's touring and his music, go visit his website at Colton Dixon. And uh, I really enjoy those conversations that are on the road. You can hear all the background noise and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how you know they're all genuine conversations. A lot of times these conversations are just so down to earth. They're not, you know, he doesn't have cue cards in front of him with responses and whatever. It's just a genuine down to earth conversation. So uh, Mm -hmm. plan to bring you more of those in the coming weeks, highlighting some of the artists that we've had a chance to chat with at uh, music festivals. And hopefully these music festivals continue past the summertime please continue yes (laughs) especially in this day and age where as uh, colton indicated there hasn't been a lot of that in the last couple of years so it's it's great Mm -hmm. that that is all back well it is time for some artist advice and we check back in with mac brock i think the biggest thing that i try to tell worship leaders is to really get involved and love the people that are serving on your team i think it gets easy for us in church ministry to to focus on people as the roles that they fill and you tend to like see people as just like what can you do for the worship team you're a guitarist okay i just see you as the guitarist and i just try to encourage people like really like invest in your team build a community of people and like love on them and and create and build something that's beyond what's happening just you know on the weekends or at church service such, such good advice. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? It reminds me of your phone ringing, your cell phone or whatever, and you've got the call display and you see the name of the person calling and you just kind of cringe because you know that they're calling you for something. <laughs> they want something from you, right? Right, right. Uh, need help moving this weekend or I need mm-hmm, you to mm-hmm. do this for me or do that for me. And right. that's what goes through my mind when Mac talks about looking at a guitarist on your team and, and what mm-hmm. typically you would look at what they can do for you versus what you right. can do for them. Yep. And I think yep. the worship team is is a team. It needs to be a team. And you need to know these people. You need to mm-hmm. interact with the people. You need to, you know, have coffee together, have a that's barbecue, right. family barbecue exactly. in the backyard or whatever, right? You need to have a relationship. That's happening literally this week for our team, specifically our worship team and media team, because we have to pour back into these people. You know, we're family at the end of the day and we're having an end of summer mixer just to fellowship yeah. just connect and love on each other and you've got to show value you know so that was even further confirmation for me i'm glad that he shared that yeah. so many people need to hear that i guess so good. i guess the the 
concern I would have when you have a get-together like that, a social gathering, is it remains a social gathering, I guess is what I'm trying to say, as compared to, oh, while everybody's here, let's have a meeting. Right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We're going to eat good. Yeah. We're going to eat good and have some barbecue and and laugh and maybe dance and just enjoy one another's company. Right. That's the key, I think, is mm. is that whole relationship instead of yeah. instead of it being, uh, oh, you know, let's have a meeting or let's have a rehearsal or uh, let's go over yeah. this or whatever else. No, no, just social time. Just that's right. That's it. That's it. Right. So mm-hmm. there you go. Great advice and great words of wisdom from Mac Brock on Between the Grooves. And thank that you. is it for this week. We are out of time. Uh, thank you for joining us on our on-the-road version of Between the Grooves with Colton Dixon. Uh, More of that to come as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Tell others about it as well. That just helps us reach more people, obviously. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 